In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Beloved in the Lord, let us draw near with a true heart and confess our sins to God our Father, asking him in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to grant us forgiveness. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, God, who is faithful and just, will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Holy and merciful Father, I confess that I am by nature sinful and that I have disobeyed you in my thoughts, words, and actions. I have done what is evil and failed to do what is good. For this I deserve your punishment, both now and in eternity. But I am truly sorry for my sins and trusting in my Savior Jesus Christ, I pray. Lord, have mercy on me, a sinner. God, our Heavenly Father, has been merciful to us and has given his only Son to be the atoning sacrifice for our sins. Therefore, as a called servant of Christ and by his authority, I forgive you all your sins in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. Lord Jesus, you were sent to heal the contrite. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Christ Jesus, you
away the sin of the world. Have mercy on us. You are seated at the right hand of the Father. Receive our prayer. Gloria, Gloria, glory to God in the highest. Gloria, Gloria, and peace to his people on earth. For you alone are the Holy Lord, the Spirit to think and do always such things as are right, that we who cannot do anything that is good without you may be enabled by you to live according to your will. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. The first lesson for the eighth Sunday after Trinity is written in the book of the prophet Jeremiah, chapter 23. This is what the Lord Almighty says. Do not listen to what the prophets are prophesying to you. They fill you with false hopes. They speak visions from their own minds, not from the mouth of the Lord. They keep saying to those who despise me, the Lord says you will have peace. And to all who follow the stubbornness of their hearts, they say, no harm will come to you. But which of them has stood in the counsel of the Lord to see or to hear his word? Who has listened and heard his word? See, the storm of the Lord will burst out in wrath, a whirlwind swirling down on the heads of the wicked. The anger of the Lord will not turn back until he fully accomplishes the purposes of his heart. In days to come, you will understand it clearly. I did not send these, these prophets, yet they have run with their message. I did not speak to them, yet they have prophesied. But if they had stood in my counsel, they would have proclaimed my words to my people and would have turned them from their evil ways and from their evil deeds. Am I only a God nearby, declares the Lord, and not a God far away? Can anyone hide in secret places so that I cannot see him, declares the Lord. Do I not fill heaven and earth, declares the Lord. I have heard what the prophets say, who prophets li prophesy lies in my name. They say, I had a dream, I had a dream. How long will this continue in the hearts of these lying prophets, who prophesy the delusions of their minds? They think the dreams they tell one another will make my people forget my name, just as their fathers forgot my name through Baal worship. Let the prophet who has a dream tell his dream, but let the one who has my word speak it faithfully. For what has straw to do with grain, declares the Lord. Is not my word like fire, declares the Lord, and like a hammer that breaks a rock in pieces? This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. 
The second lesson is written in the, Acts, the book of the Acts of the Apostles, chapter 20. St. Paul says, For I have not hesitated to proclaim to you the whole will of God. Keep watch over yourselves and all the flock of which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. Be shepherds of the church of God which he bought with his own blood. I know that after I leave, savage wolves will come in among you and will not spare the flock. Even from your own number, men will arise and distort the truth in order to draw away disciples after them. So be on your guard. Remember that for three years I never stopped warning each of you night and day with tears. Now I commit you to God and to the word of his grace, which can build you up and give you an inheritance among all those who are sanctified. I have not coveted anyone's silver or gold or clothing. You yourselves know that these hands of mine have supplied for my, my own needs and the needs of my companions. In everything I did, I showed you that by this kind of hard work, we must help the weak. Remembering the words the Lord Jesus himself said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. When he had said this, he knelt down with all of them and prayed. They all wept as they embraced him and kissed him. What grieved them most was his statement that they would never see his face again. Then they accompanied him to the ship. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Gospel according to St. Matthew, the seventh chapter. Glory be to you, the words of Jesus. Watch out for false prophets. They come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ferocious wolves. By their fruit you will recognize them. Do people pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Likewise, every good tree bears good fruit, and, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, and a bad tree cannot bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus, by their fruit you will recognize them. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven but only he who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name drive out demons and perform many miracles? Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise be to
Grace and peace to you from God the Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus. Beware of false prophets. This warning of our Lord does not suit most of the Christians in our days. Those who raise their voices against false prophets in our days are denounced as bigots. And the tendency of the age is to be liberal, broad-hearted, to honor religious opinions that are contrary to our own views, and not to call anyone a false prophet or an errorist or a heretic who bears the Christian name. We Lutherans especially are blamed for our stern refusal to extend the hand of Christian fellowship to other Protestant denominations. And when a Lutheran pastor dares to call him a false prophet who disseminates error and warns his hearers of seducers, he is charged with undue animosity and lack of Christian large-mindedness. That was the introduction of a sermon on this Sunday preached about the year 1901. If that surprises you, it's probably because we tend to think that our days are so unique. But it's not new. For the warning against false prophets to be unpopular. And what's certainly not new is the need to warn against false prophets. For there have been false prophets, false teachers, in every age. You can see that just from the three sections of Scripture that we read this morning. God, through Jeremiah, warned, don't listen to those prophets who prophesy what God has not sent them to speak. Jesus himself, watch out for false prophets, for they come to you in sheep's clothing. And St. Paul, warning the pastors of the churches near Ephesus, says to them, they're coming. Watch out. And the false prophets didn't stop there, of course. All you have to do is flip through the pages of church history. And you'll see the story of one error after another popping up in the church like weeds. In our Sunday morning Bible class this spring, we, we went through some of just some of those names, names like Nestorianism, Monophysitism, Monarchianism, Gnosticism. All of these just in the first couple centuries. There's more to come. There's more in every age, and stunningly, some of these same heresies get recycled and are still widely believed today, though perhaps with a different name or no name at all. But if you think it was frowned upon in 1901 to call someone wrong, today, today it appears that the only heresy, the only heresy that really exists is to say that anyone else might possibly be wrong. To do so today might be well called intolerant or hate speech even, actual violence, it considered a crime. But what we are talking about here, what Jeremiah and Jesus and St. Paul were talking about, is not these obvious moral distinctions that today we might be forbidden to speak of publicly or be shamed into silence. Indeed, that's wrong. And it is also a lie to call things what they are not. But the warning here is regarding false prophets who arise from within God's church. False prophets come in God's name, or they come, as St. Paul says, from your own number to distort the truth. While we are right to put up our defenses against all kinds of ungodly opinions and ideas in the world around us, you really should be able to see the fangs of those wolves clearly. They're hardly in disguise anymore. But false teachers from within the church are just as savage, just as deadly as the most ardent predators that are coming for you and your children in the public square. 
They could take away your freedom. or They could, could mutilate and brainwash your children. But false teachers, they can rob you of eternal life. False doctrine can erode your faith in Christ. It can steal joy and comfort from you in times of sorrow. It can destroy your confidence in the face of death. It can even lead you to despair. If you don't think that's worse than what anyone can do to the body, perhaps we fell for it. False teaching from within the church is much more difficult to detect. It's more difficult to identify than than media bias or government propaganda. It's harder to uncover than the most elaborate of underground conspiracies. They come to you in sheep's clothing. They look like they belong. False teachers, false preachers, they look like preachers and teachers with Bibles in their hands and crosses on their lapels. Some wear suits and ties, some wear skinny jeans and graphic tees, others wear clerical collars and liturgical vestments. They stand in pulpits and classrooms. They have YouTube channels and social media followers. They write books and blogs. And they say many true things. No false teacher ever speaks only falsehood. Rather, what they speak is a distortion of the truth, twisted, spun, out of context. You can't identify them by the way they look. You can't identify them by any label or title or affiliation. The name attached to to their work, whether that's Christian or Lutheran or even Wells, is no guarantee of orthodoxy. Nor can you identify truth with success. The fact that a teacher has many students, or a preacher has many parishioners, or an author has, sells many books, does not make it true. The line of thinking that says, well, they must be doing something right because they have so many people, because so many listeners, fans, followers, that's a fallacy. The growth rate of any church does not indicate the truth of its confession. We heard Jesus say to those who claimed such success when they came to him and said, did we not prophesy in your name and drive out demons and perform many miracles? Jesus says to them, I never knew you. And distinguishing truth from error is made all the more difficult by the fact that error is deceptive and error is appealing. Sheep's clothing is nice and soft. It aims to appeal. In Jeremiah's day, the the prophets were preaching peace. Everything will be okay. Everything will be fine to those who were in need of God's rebuke and God's call to repentance. It was not what God said, but it was sure a happier message. In Paul's day, He warned his colleague Timothy about people who would gather around them, teachers, who would say to them whatever their itching ears want to hear. It's hard to identify false teaching. When we ourselves like having our ears scratched. In other words, we like to hear what we like to hear. Everyone does. St. Paul told those Ephesian elders that he had not hesitated to proclaim to them the whole will of God. But you can understand, can't you, why a preacher might be tempted to hesitate? 
might be tempted to avoid topics that he knows people will not like, careful not to say too much or get himself into trouble or make people upset, even leave the church. For to avoid the truth, because it's unpopular, is also a lie and is, in fact, a false teaching of its own. So, what are we going to do about it? What can we do to be on our guard against false teaching? First, know that it is a heavy responsibility that God places on his pastors. Like the prophets of old that he called to speak for God what he has commanded them. Nothing more, nothing less. They are under orders to speak, not on their own accord. Probably if they had their way, if we had our way, we might be happy to just stand up here and make jokes and tell you all kinds of things that you would love to hear and and entertain you. That would be easier. Say whatever we need to say so that you'll like us. But if we are under orders, and then if we, have, if we do say hard things, things that you don't want to hear, it is because we have been sent from the king with a message that we have no right to amend or omit. We simply can't distort the truth so that we gain more disciples. Also, being shepherds of the church of God also means to warn the flock. It means to seek to train and instruct the flock to identify and avoid falsehood wherever it may be. That means that we not only have to teach the truth, but also have to identify error. That means that sometimes we may have to point out where someone else is wrong. Even if that someone may be someone that you love. Even if that someone is you. And yet, guarding against false doctrine is not the sole responsibility of pastors. In our second reading, our reading from Acts, Paul was addressing pastors. But Jeremiah, the prophet, was addressing listeners, not the prophets. And Jesus gave his instruction, his word, in the Sermon on the Mount to the crowds who were listening to him. All of us are responsible for watching out for false doctrine. For at least one reason, that false teaching is likely to come from a teacher, not from a listener. So the listener must listen carefully and be on his guard. And each one must take it upon himself to to compare what he hears to some rule or standard by which he can tell the truth from error. And that standard, of course, is the word of God itself. That's why in the end, St. Paul says to those Ephesian elders, he says, I commit you to God and to the word of his grace. To the word of God. There are helpful tools for measuring what we hear by the word of God. Things like creeds, confessions, catechism. Reciting the Apostles' Creed every day. Reciting the Nicene Creed every week. Learning and remembering the catechism by heart can go a long way in setting up for yourself a standard to help set the Holy Scriptures as the standard to evaluate what we hear. Whether that's here or out there. And what you read and see on the internet, in books, movies, conversation, everywhere. But we should not be satisfied with that. With those simple formulations, creeds, confessions. But continually, all our life long, learn to search the scriptures. That's the reason that we offer Bible study opportunities to join together as brothers and sisters in Christ. To study, to keep watch. That's why we have ample books, resources galore to help. But even this, 
all of this is not just so that we can be right and learn who is wrong. The, the reason is that false teaching distorts and ruins the word of the gospel of the free forgiveness of sins in Christ. It's not about being right. It's about being the blood-bought flock of the Good Shepherd and not allowing that comforting truth to become clouded. Because in the end, it's not up to us to save ourselves or our hearers or our church. Paul said to the pastors, be shepherds of the church of God. What is that? He said, the church of God, which he bought with his own blood. There it is. The God who loved his church, indeed loved the whole world, enough to take on human flesh and blood, only to bleed for it. And by that blood, purchase men for God. This God has already done everything for his church. He is her shepherd, a good shepherd. He leads and guides and feeds and protects and defends both its preachers and its hearers. We are together in his care, in his flock. So keep watch, yes. Study, learn, read, memorize, recite, yes. Even argue, contend for the faith, debate, confess, yes. But also, be at peace, be at rest, even Fall asleep, O flock of Christ. Always and ever under the watchful eye of the Lord of the church, your shepherd. Amen. Please stand. And the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. We join now in confessing the Christian faith using the words of the Nicene Creed. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty.
Let us pray for the whole Church of God in Christ Jesus and for all people according to their needs. For the Mount Zion of Christ's Church, that she would think on the steadfast love of God in the midst of his temple, praising him for the salvation given through Jesus Christ, which is received by his holy word and sacraments, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For faithfulness to God's holy word among the pastors called to preach and teach it, that false doctrine would be recognized and rebuked, and that pure doctrine would be taught and received for the edification of all the baptized in Christ, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the Holy Spirit to turn the hearts of all false prophets and pretend believers, that they would be led to repentance and faith, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For all life from the womb to the grave, that it would be cherished and protected, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For those who have been placed in authority over us, that they would steer clear of self-promotion and focus on the common welfare of all, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the sick and suffering and for all in need of our prayers, that they would receive healing, comfort, and be strengthened to endure according to God's gracious will, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the faithful who have gone before us and now rest in Jesus, let us give thanks to the Lord that we would, by God's grace, remain steadfast in the faith until we are brought to join them in the feast that never ends. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Into your hands, O Lord, we commend all for whom we pray, trusting in your mercy through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is truly good and right that we should at all times and in all places give you thanks, O Lord, Holy Father, almighty and everlasting God. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who on this day overcame death and the grave, and by his glorious resurrection opened to us the way of everlasting life. Therefore, with all the saints on earth and hosts of heaven, we praise your holy name and join their glorious song. God, mighty Lord, gracious Father, you have filled all creation with light and life. Heaven and earth are full of your glory. You lifted Noah and his family in the ark. You promised to bless all nations through Abraham. You delivered Moses and the Israelites. You renewed your promises through the prophets, and now you have spoken through your Son, who in words and deeds proclaimed your kingdom and was obedient to your will. In your tender mercy you gave him your one and only Son, to suffer death on the cross for our redemption. By the one offering of himself, he made there a full, perfect and sufficient sacrifice, oblation and satisfaction for the sins of the whole world. Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat. This is my body, which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. In the same way also he took the cup after supper, 
And when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you. This cup is the New Testament in my blood, which is shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Therefore, gracious Father, remembering his blessed passion, mighty resurrection, and glorious ascension, we humbly thank you for this wonderful gift of salvation through your Son's own body and blood. Through him, with him, in him, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all glory and honor be yours, Almighty Father, now and forever. Amen. Taught by our Lord and trusting his promises, we are bold to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. The peace of the Lord be with you always.
Hear the prayer of your people, O Lord, that the lips which have praised you here may glorify you in the world, that the eyes which have seen the coming of your Son may long for his coming again, and that all who have received in his true body and blood the pledge of your forgiveness may be restored to live a new and holy life. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look on you with favor and give you peace. Welcome and good morning. Today is the day of our, our quarterly congregational meeting, so you are invited to, to stay for a few moments, uh, hear reports on updates on, on the happenings in our congregation. Uh, we'll begin that in just a few minutes while we get set up. God be with you. 